Here's the big question this show answers. How do we leverage technology and human science to positively impact our personal and professional life? The tech human experience has the answer. Here's your host, Inc. 5000 tech founder, neuroscience junkie, and Navy SEAL wannabe, Javier Guerra. Hello, my fellow tech humans. Today's guest is an accomplished senior information technology and digital transformation leader in the health insurance sector, a seasoned project management professional and an aficionado of agile methodologies. He is also a passionate advocate for utilizing data to drive healthcare solutions. Please welcome Prasanna Nathan. Thank you, Javier. Thanks for coming on the show today. Yeah, always good to having you, uh, Prasanna. So really looking forward to this conversation. Uh, again, appreciate your time. So I wanted to start today with uh, an icebreaker statistic. So you know, a recent survey found that 80% of consumers are more likely to make purchases when brands offer personalized experiences. So doing what you do, you know, in your experience, you're, you know, you have a, a vast uh, wealth of experience. How, how is your team leveraging technology to, to offer more personalized health insurance plans and ex experiences to end customers? Thank you. I think that's a, that's a pretty interesting statistic uh, and something that myself and my team constantly work towards is keeping the customer center of everything that we do, right? And there comes the personalization factor. Uh, putting yourself in the customer's shoes, you will, all, all of us want that personalized experience, be it in our shopping, be it in our retail, or uh, in any other day-to-day uh, -day experiences. So the concept of personalization, providing a tailored coverage, uh, a communication method that's specific to each individual, right? And at the same time, realizing that one size does not fit all is very critical. Each customer have varying needs, varying medical conditions, financial situations, and family situations, right? Providing them that personalized health insurance plans uh, that the coverage offered is very meaningful to them is very important for the customer to feel and get the trust, right? So it's about creating the trust with the customer. And the only way we can do that is understanding their personal needs, understanding their uh, uh, financial needs and meeting them where they are at. So that's where I fully agree with that statement that personalization is very key, be it in the retail industry or be it in the financial insurance sector. Yeah, you know, it, it makes me think of Amazon. It's, it's like everybody is now conditioned to they want it now right like especially amazon prime members right it's 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 like it's on your doorstep there's there's even amazon i mean prime now i think it's called so you get it in the same day and and it's, it's like organizations that aren't falling are following suit and really catering to that expectation especially with the younger generation that's coming up right like they just have everything at their fingertips and and it's you know it's not always it's easier said than done right because like you said there's varying types of personalities varying types of age groups and demographics that may have different needs or different may want different experiences so it, it's 
I mean, it, it, it makes me it, it makes me think of data. It's like that's where the data is so important, and having that feedback from the customer so that you guys can com continuously evolve and and make that offering better and better, right? Yeah, the constant learning and and uh, making sure that there is continuous improvement is very critical, right? You cannot build something and say, okay, I'm good. Uh, you cannot just sit on sit on that one, right? Uh, the needs continue to imp, uh, increase. Uh, the expectations continues to increase, and making sure that we meet and exceed the expectations is critical uh, before our competitors do that one. So that's where be, being able to stay one step ahead or on par with the customer needs and expectations is is the way to go. Yeah, absolutely. So when we talk about digitizing insurance can you help us understand what tools or softwares have really been game changers for either your organization or, or just in your in your extensive history and experience working in the space right what what has really been a game changer in making insurance policies more accessible to customers i think getting most of the information on their mobile uh, apps is very critical right getting the uh, all of us have seen the insurance documents they are pages and pages long and it takes forever to uh, read them right so being able to interpret that in a meaningful fashion and getting that information on their uh, in their fingertips on their mobile screens more so when it is relevant for them not at the time of that they buy the policy, but when it is actually meaningful to them, they are at the doctor's office, they are at a, a hospital and they need to know the information. Getting that information at that moment for them is very critical. I think that's been the uh, game changer even in the industry is providing that real time information to the customers uh, that is relevant to them at that moment, right? And also simple to understand. Uh, insurance, as we all know, is pretty complex, and simplifying that is where it helps the customer, right? That's where the customer is ready to uh, trust the company and say, I know what they mean, and they were there at the time of need. So that's kind of the key, because when everything is actually happy, everything is going on good, no one remembers the insurance company. The only time that they do is when there is a need and being able to support them at that time of need is critical. So that's the differentiator there. And mobile tools have really been that game changer, uh, be it the telehealth concepts where you can actually uh, talk to your doctor over a phone or providing uh, documentation, coverage details, beneficial information, ID cards on the, on the mobile app. Those have been really a good game changer. You know, and I, I, th I still think there's a lot of room for improvement. I'm not, you know, at least from some of the apps that I've been using, I was actually using one today. Actually, I, I, uh, I have a counselor slash coach that I talk to with my son. He's in college, first year in college, and I just kind of leverage her as a, as a coach, right? It's just how can we communicate better? How can I help him, you know, get past his challenges? Um, how can I, right now I'm kind of working with him and understanding how to set boundaries. So it's a great book by uh, Dr. Henry Cloud on how to set boundaries. It's boundaries with everybody, your parents, your siblings, your, <clears throat> everybody, all your relationships, right? And, and I'm really helping him and kind of coaching him to figure out who he is as he's gone away to college and, and really understand how to set the boundaries with the people in the circle of influence. And I was, my appointment got canceled 
had an appointment this morning at 8 a.m. Got canceled. I don't. I didn't really get a notification. It was kind of weird because I normally get like a text message of like join the video conference call here, and um, but it was very difficult to navigate. I, like I, I, it was. I went through a, a doctor platform and then I had to go through another platform, and it was it's actually fairly, fairly confusing. Um, but um, so I think there's you know there's a lot of good things out there, but it's like you said there's. There has to be continuous improvement and streamlining things and integrating things. And, you know, it makes me think about the medical uh, uh, medical health records of, you know, how long these projects have been going on in the background of trying to align people's healthcare data and integrate it into systems. And so there's, there's definitely room for improvement, I think, on a lot of levels, but it's I, I think you're spot on when you say it's, it's a constant evolution. It, it's not going to stop. Absolutely, right? That's where the one of the challenges that we have with uh, the industry, and, and it's not just okay to blame it, but just address it and look at that as an opportunity because the industry has been there for a long time, so there's a lot of data, and the data is kind of hidden in multiple places. Uh, with the HIPAA regulations, with the legal side of it, getting all of that data together is kind of the challenge uh, that we as industry uh, leaders uh, and, and digital teams is that's the challenge in front of us. How do we bring an integrated solution that not only keeps the data legal and, and secure, but at the same time simplifies it both for the caregiver as well as for the actual customer there right so that's the challenge that's ahead of us and you hit it right on uh, yes somebody cancelled it uh, and it's good and it's sitting in some system but unless you do those two-step hop on it you're not going to see that the cancellation is there why did that not come over as a real-time notification to you on your phone that's that is the technology barrier that we need to break up uh, the doctor clicked on their app saying that I'm not able to make it cancel and that should automatically trigger a notification for you, right? So that's the world that we are used to outside of the healthcare industry. And but the healthcare industry is still catching up to that. And, and that's the challenge that each of us have. Yeah, absolutely. So simplifying the complexities, um, can you help us to really understand if there's any emerging technologies you believe could make insurance products easier to understand or purchase or utilize i think one a couple of things that we're looking at uh, ai has changed a lot in the last uh, 12 months uh, it is something that we need to be very uh, what we call as responsible ai right because we cannot we are we are dealing with people we are dealing with humans so you cannot really just take ai and put it out there uh, so there has to be a responsible ai integrations that we need to think of Along with that comes the things like natural languages uh, processing, right? Uh, there was a recently, I think I was I was listening to a TED talk where they were talking about natural language, and that's kind of when I was thinking about it, saying that, oh, the natural language would be a great tool in the insurance industry to translate the complexity of it in a simplified language that the customers would understand. Right. I could just ask a question. The system would understand what the question is, uh, be it in whatever language. It doesn't have to be in English. So uh, I myself kind of speak uh, five different languages. So it kind of 
uh, knowing a system does understand in whatever language that I can speak, being able to understand that, interpret it, uh, look at the policy documents, look at the coverages, look at the benefits and translate it into a meaningful fashion saying that what does it cover, what does it not cover, what do, what do I expect, that will be actually an awesome tool to have, right? So if I, if I had unlimited amount of money and time, what would I be actually doing is actually looking for those natural language processing concepts that would take the complexity away and simplify it for the customer in a language that they can understand uh, in in a meaningful meaning meaningful way. Yeah, absolutely. When you were talking earlier, I thought about that. You know, I was thinking about uh, when I first started caring about healthcare. There was a a mentor. <clears throat> I consider him a mentor. Right, he started a company called Summit Insurance Group. A very successful entrepreneur here in San Antonio, and um, you know, I would ask him for advice on how to interpret healthcare plans, right? If, if, if I was getting one place at the organizations I was working with, because they're so difficult to compare of understanding, like what, like what level you should you be getting if there's multiple options, like which one is better than the other. It's almost like you need a PhD to be able to figure out, um, you know, what's the best option. So, and, and I thought about this as like, you know, now with the chat GPT and all these, these large language models that we have access to, you know, I, I'm wondering how good they would be at interpreting that and being able to give us advice to kind of break down and compare maybe competing plans, so to speak. That, I think that's where the health insurance industry is very different from the other places. I just compare it to a close sibling, I'll say, in the auto insurance, right? When it comes to auto insurance, the variability is less because you have a Nissan car, the other person has a Nissan car, you have an Audi, the other person has an Audi, you can do a comparison there, right? It's a like-for-like -like comparison and you can build models on that one. Yes, there's an age of the car, but it's still a variable that you can control. But when it comes to health of a person, no two people are same, no two health conditions are same, no two histories are same, the genetics are same and all of that, right? So that's where the health insurance industry has a uniqueness to it where you're dealing with uh, humans you need to have that empathy but at the same time understand the data and and become predictable with it right so that's the challenge that that's ahead and it's a unique thing that is specific to this industry and that's one of the things that i personally do enjoy uh, because you're dealing with people but at the same time using technology to make their lives meaningful uh, and simplified so that's that's the challenge uh, that we have yeah it, it definitely keeps you on your toes when you're dealing with humans they're they're complex animals i like to say so it definitely keeps it interesting yep so for what you know the future of tech insurance how do you envision the role of technology in reshaping the health insurance industry over say the next three to five years yeah i think i think uh, as, as i was earlier saying the technology industry is fast changing and this sector, the health insurance uh, uh, group needs, needs to step up and take on the opportunities with, with the insurance world, right? With the technology and insurance, the, the happy marriage between technology and uh, um, insurance, that needs to happen. It's there, it's, uh, I won't say it's starting, it's already there. 
supersizing it is kind of where it is critical. Uh, creating an integrated solution so that I don't have to go to a different app for my prescription drugs, a different app for my doctor, a different app for my healthy habits. We're giving them an integrated solution. All of us have uh, technology pretty much wearing it throughout the day with our Apple Watches and other other, uh, technology uh, equipments. Giving that integrated experience for them where the different digital pieces, the technology pieces, uh, the equipments that we wear and the needs that we have and and our health history, right? Bringing all of those together is where is going to be the opportunity for us in the future. Um, Creating creating that integrated uh, super solution is is where we as industry leaders in the digital world uh, needs to be taking and providing that information to the customers so that it's it's meaningful for them. You know, it makes me think about when cloud was blowing up at the inception of people starting to really migrate to the cloud. Maybe it was even before that, before it got really popular. But I know that there was somebody that said that the healthcare industry would never do it, right? And then there was a guy that, I forgot what he wrote, but he wrote some sort of standardization of like requirements and in alignment with some sort of very long regulation that was uh, would basically enable people to in the healthcare space to migrate to the cloud and and i it almost you know i believe that we're at that next stage now to where it's like you're saying everything needs to be integrated we need to get everything streamlined there's an old there's some old antiquated practices within the industry that need to be innovated or need that need to leverage innovation and integration and ease of use and user experience. But at the same time, now we're faced with all the new what ifs of large language models and artificial intelligence and data privacy and new regulations that are coming out as well as security measures that are becoming more and more important and more and more threats are uh, emerging from the threat landscape. So it's, it's uh, very complex. When you think about it. it, it is very complex, and I think I think that is where uh, empathy, uh, responsibility, and sometimes the wait and watch model. Right, uh, you don't want to jump with both feet in uh, in in some scenarios. AI is a good example. Uh, we want to use AI in a meaningful way. Say to, for example, our customer service reps, uh, we want to give them the capabilities of AI so that they are better uh, serving our customers. But we wouldn't want AI to be making decisions for us, right? We wouldn't want AI to be driving our uh, their, their coverage uh, details, right? Uh, what what uh, medical details or medic- medical recommendation that we want to do for them, we wouldn't want to use AI for that one. So there is that happy balance on when to use and when to kind of step back and say, you know, this is a, a complex model. This is a complex industry that we are in and let the humans do what they are best at doing. And the repeatable things, the uh, mundane things that we do using technology there and freeing up the time and the, uh, the effort for the 
people who can actually focus on providing that value-added service, that's where the key is. So knowing when to jump in and when not to is very critical in a in an industry that is uh, very much legal, very much uh, people, and you need to have that balance on that one. Yeah, it's there's um, definitely a lot of things to consider when you're talking about the healthcare space and and all of these you know, innovative technologies and regulation. So it, it goes far and wide and deep, I would think. So as far as being, you know, people centric, you mentioned, you know, doing things and having empathy and doing things that are at the, for the benefit of the people making their lives easier, all these types of things, but at the same time, really keeping into consideration their data privacy and HIPAA regulations, which are, you know, was there's a lot, you know, it's lots of chew. How do you, well, well, let's, let's add to that. So it's been a challenging economic environment over the last few years, right? We've had COVID, we've had a lot of changes in the world. There's conflict in the world. There's a lot of uncertainty. There's rising interest rates, right? So the economy is in an interesting place. The world is an interesting place. Things are changing and there's a lot of VUCA, so to speak, and, or uncertainty, at least in, in some, some fear out there. Uh, so a lot of organizations are, you know, going through budget cuts. They're they're going through layoffs. They're they're having a lot of these challenges, and you know, in the the midst of this environment, how do you think organizations? I don't, you don't necessarily you don't necessarily have to answer this for your organization, but how do you think organizations should ensure that their technology advancements are really about serving like real human needs? rather than just trying to save money or, or help the budget. No, that, that's, a, that's a good point. I think, I think we are at a time in the world where technology is fast evolving. People needs and expectations are at the topmost. And we have an economic situations that's not favorable along with the world situation that's not helping it too, right? We have a a combination of things going on. And that's where going back to the roots is way more important than trying to come out of, think, think completely out of the box, right? Going back to the roots, what is the what is the basic need? The per, prioritizing the real human needs is very important. Not looking for cost savings, but looking for human-centric approach at every stage. And engaging with the end users, right? do through surveys through interviews through feedback sessions engaging with them is going to be critical and making sure that we are listening to them right sometimes listening to the needs is half the work done building the trust in them that there is a company out there there is a group of people out there that do care for me is more important than giving them a fashy solution right so that's where the challenge is is to making sure that we go back to the simplicity of things listening to our customers keeping the human centric approach and involving diverse stakeholders sometimes the cost savings might does not need to come from compromising but it might be it might be uh, in reducing waste right reducing fraud and that's one of the key things in this industry is the fraud and waste so you could be saving money uh, from doing removing the fraud and waste automating things that might uh, be faster for the customer and, and requiring less people. So you could do cost saving, but in a more ethical and meaningful fashion than just impacting the end user. 
right knowing that the there is a continuous again i go back to the old old statement that i said continuously waiting for feedback getting feedback and and responding to that is very uh, meaningful also have the customer satisfaction engagements know what your customer customer needs uh, and their well being just not the financial metrics right uh, one of the key thing is to look at your nps scores versus your financials don't look at the uh, revenue and profit but do look at your nps scores do look at how satisfied your customers are i think that will it depends on what you're looking for right if you're looking for financial that's what you're going to uh, always focus on if you're looking for customer satisfaction that's where you're also you're going to focus on i think it depends on as a company what are the things that we are we are looking for yeah what is the strategy and what is the <clears throat> the goals right and how does that align with that it, it makes me think about when i was learning to to build companies you know at first i would get more hyper fixated on i know that this is what companies need this is what people need this is a solution that needs to be done right or that needs to be created to really drive that change and help solve root problems specifically in, with with technology teams but but then i went through a, a multi-month course designed by mit of really how to solve problems and it's it, it's more of a uh, it was a workshop more of of talking to the end users first like just talking to the general public right and doing the research and finding out what solutions are people asking for what are their biggest frustrations and literally just going out and interviewing people and we actually did this we just went and interviewed people about certain things or certain areas of just their life and we start to identify patterns of people saying that they're frustrated with this and this needs to be fixed and what the model is is it's basically teaching you how to create a product that people are asking for and then create a business around it and a business model around it versus you know staying kind of in your own head and thinking oh they want this or they need this right so you go to the end users and get that that data because if you're not really building what they what they're asking for then you may not be building what they need and and so that's huge and and you know another aspect of that is listening right it, it, it's there's listening is really an art form and, you know, I don't think I've ever asked one. I've never asked a person or a group when I'm presenting or doing a workshop or just talking to people. I've always I, I'll ask them a question is, have you ever been taught how to listen? Have you ever been through training on how to listen? I've never had one person say yes. Right. But there's actually an art to it. And there's multiple levels of listening. And and it's extremely important because, you know, a lot of reasons we won't get into that, but we have two ears and one mouth, right? So, uh, I, we can break that down on another, another episode, but it makes me think about that. And, uh, you know, I think it's important to strike that balance right between technology and the need for the humans. So you know, how do you have any insights for us on how we can strike that balance of, you know, implementing the technology, technological aspects or technologies versus like you know the human need and the human touch so to speak of these services you, you hit the right word there right balancing the technological aspects with a human touch is is a crucial and and uh, providing a holistic and empathetic approach i think that's kind of key there 
right? Uh, use technology for streamlining the process, enhancing the efficiency, making sure you have zero errors, being right all the time, and providing data-driven insights. But at the same time, complement it with human interactions. Do not replace the human interactions. Don't let a system machine talk to you, right? But let the machine help you make the decisions, data make the decisions, but have a human who's actually interpreting it and communicating it, right? That's where the responsible AI comes into place, right? Implement AI and digital tools for administrative tasks, uh, while the human resources are used for personalized customer wants so that they have a uh, empathetic communication, knowing when to say what, right? Develop a user-friendly uh, interface uh, that empowers the individuals to navigate the complexity of the health systems. Uh, give them things like uh, telehealth where they can interact, but at the other side, it's not a machine that's actually talking to them. It's actually a human uh, providing that human touch and uh, the patient provide a relationship, building that, nurturing that, even in a even, even in a um, virtual manner. I think that's kind of critical from that perspective. So knowing when to put technology, where to put it, and when to step back and providing that human touch, be it with the providers, be it with the customer support, that is the challenge there. So knowing, give, giving the time, money, and effort to implement things that are data-driven, that support our customer support folks, but at the same time not replacing them is kind of the key there. So that happy balance is really required to make sure that we gain the trust of the customers and also forget the trust part of it just to give them things that are that are actually meaningful to them, that are actually useful to them. So I think that's where the happy balance comes in. Yeah, it's it's interesting to see how this is all going to play out, especially especially because the advancements in these large language models and, you know, NLP and you name it are, are advancing so fast and they're getting more intelligent and more and producing better results. They still haven't surpassed human intelligence, but they can surpass processing speed. Uh, but if you, you know, the, the systems, what I could say, the human technology is much more ancient and it's, it's not going to evolve overnight. Right. And so there's, there's baked into the human science, into the human technology of what a human needs and how it performs at optimal levels. And it needs community. It needs the, the you know, the, the connection. And that can't really be replaced with technology. Now, there's, there's going to be some aspects of it that maybe can be replaced, but it's, it, it's potentially detrimental in, in some ways, right? With when you're trying to simulate that human interaction with some sort of an AI avatar uh, that potentially, um, you know, is still kind of sending the same signals to the brain from a, a mirror neuron perspective, but but it's it, it can be overused and it can be dangerous uh, and almost and and it can be addicting in some ways when you know we're experiencing a lot of mental health issues with social media and stuff, and so it's it's interesting to see how this is all going to play out as we start to outsource some of these tasks to chatbots and to virtual avatars um, while, while still working to balance that real need for human interaction, but also protecting the humans from potential harm with some of these technologies. So from a, from a team dynamic perspective, how do you think the human element comes into play when it comes to 
to the dynamics within, say, a development team? I think communication, right? Effective communication and mainly ensuring that the team member understands the actual need and also how is, how are they contributing to the uh, and, and impacting the human factor, I think is critical. I'll take an example. Uh, we were building a digital tool uh, for our uh, brokers, right? And this team was in uh, India and we were having a lot of struggle going back and forth, trying to explain to them what the business need is, what our end user need is. And the team did not really have, have any kind of concept to it. Uh, they didn't have the concept of stop and saving it and all, all, all different kind of challenges. Um, coincidentally, I was actually going to go visit my parents in uh, India and this office was like 30 minutes from the, from where they live. So I said, you know what, let me take a time to go and sit with them and try to understand what their challenges, why uh, are they not able to make this happen? Why are the deadlines not being met? So once I went there and built that trust with them, where I was sitting face to face with them, explaining them, what are we actually looking for? And try to simplify it and say, put yourself in the broker's shoes, put yourself in the end user's shoes and think of it from their perspective on what you're doing. Simple things. I didn't really break any uh, new things or say any innovative things to them. I just simplified it for them. And once that effective communication was done, the whole project team changed, right? It was a game changer. They saw how they are doing, uh, having an impact on the tools that they are building. And today that tool has over two and a half million submissions uh, in, the, in the last five plus years. Uh, it's an industry leading tool and it wouldn't have happened if it was not for that face-to-face -face interaction. We believe a lot in this virtual world, which is good. It, it helps us. Uh, having an offshore model helps us because you have a development going 24 hours uh, on the clock. But being able to go and just simplify it for them uh, is very critical. I think that's where uh, it's uh, th those things are the effective communication is important because you need to understand the cultural differences also. Uh, the developers who were actually doing it had no idea how insurance is sold in uh, America, right? Being able to simplify it for them uh, was very uh, meaningful and effective. I think that's where the uh, sometimes we overdo it, sometimes we overthink about stuff, uh, but just keeping it to the basic and make, doing that effective communication with them uh, face to face and uh, simplifying it and making it relatable for them uh, is the key. So I think that's what we uh, we have seen it in our teams and over the multiple uh, projects that I've, that I've had the chance to lead, that's been a constant theme, being able to make it meaningful for the developers to feel that they own it and empowering them. I think that is kind of the key there. Yeah, I love that. And it's I'm biting my tongue here because you're you're making me want to just start coming out with a lot of, you know, human behavior and human science stuff. But we're getting towards the end of of, you know, this episode. And so I don't really have time to go down that deep rabbit hole. But but, it you know, it makes me one aspect that it makes me think about is that so much of the, the vast majority of communication is not the words that you're hearing or that you're reading. It's it's its cues, its tone, its body movements, its posture, it's all kinds of different things. And a lot of that stuff goes out the window 
and if you think about it from a business perspective, you know, it's like you said, it's it's good to be in front of them. And and there's a reason, there's a deep rooted reason underneath that and un, un, underlying goes very deep of that's that's how humans connect. And when you start to kind of take that away, you know, there's got to be some sort of a hybrid approach. Yes, you know, people are virtual now. Yes, there's offshore, onshore, nearshore development. Yes, but but it's you've you've got to keep that that human interaction as well, right? You've got to hybridize it in a sense to make sure that we're leveraging, you know, and creating leveraging the knowledge of human science and creating those environments where people can thrive. And I love what you're saying about kind of helping them to understand how they fit into the picture of like and in, in helping them to kind of tie onto that purpose is what I was hearing underline what you're saying because that's that's what's going to get people bought in and motivated and make them feel that they're contributing which is part of the human need uh, of existence right of actualization these types of things so so it's extremely important that's the stuff that i geek out over if you can't tell but you know i know we, we've had these conversations uh, similar conversations in the past but but so prasanna in your opinion what technology do you believe the world needs that doesn't exist yet I'll keep it to I'll keep it to my world of the health insurance, right? I think what we do need is a uh, it's a comprehensive and uh, interoperable health data platform, where right where you're uh, seamlessly integrating the real-time health data uh, with the predictive analysis that's out there, uh, using artificial intelligence and the blockchain to do the privacy and security, uh, but at the same time. Uh, creating a lifestyle or building a lifestyle that is personalized for each individual, right? Uh, and also providing uh, better coverages that are that are helpful to the customer, knowing what they need. I, I think that doesn't really exist today, right? Uh, you go to a doctor's office, that system is different. You go to a hospital, that system is different. You use your uh, Apple Watches and, and other uh, technologies, that health data is collected and maintained differently. You track another app for uh, your healthy eating habits, that data is different. Everything is sitting isolated within its own place and bringing all of it together to create a meaningful customer experience uh, that is still personalized for me uh, is very important and that doesn't exist today i think going that is that is something that i would look forward uh, if i if i can be part of the team that is actually building it that would be amazing uh, but uh, that is something that this currently doesn't exist mm-hmm. and that is a technology that i'm looking forward to you know when when you're when you're talking about that i'm i'm thinking or i'm just imagining or just thinking about how so many new technologies are being developed there's so many new tools and so many new apps and so many new platforms or so many ways of tracking a lot of this information that's accelerating and it's happening much faster that all this stuff is getting streamlined and so it's like we're we're leaders are trying to figure out how does we how do they integrate all of this information and streamline it and standardize it and make it easily digestible for these people as all these new tools are being developed and put out there in the world that people are starting to use more and more variations of this stuff which is probably storing it in different the data in different ways and, and so it's almost like it's just going to become more and more complex theoretically to be able to streamline everything and, and standardize it exactly so speak. exactly yeah it, it's you're growing too fast for our own good to be honest sometimes we are going too fast for our own good yeah don't don't get me started on that <laughs> That, that's another show. 
but uh so no that it's it just it, it's mind-boggling you know in my i'm the type of person that is constantly looking to continuously improve things how can i continuously make a bigger impact improve things internally externally for clients all of this stuff and then and so i'm constantly looking for these technologies or these better ways of doing things or how do we improve things but for the person that's not like that and the person that's not so ingrained into technology like you and i it's like i almost can't wrap my head around how they're going to perceive all of this change that's coming at us it's just going to completely come out of nowhere for them and it you're just going to be blindsided right and and so it's 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 hard to it's hard to grip of how fast things are changing but it's coming it's overwhelming us. to be honest it's overwhelming it's all what i said it's overwhelming oh it is for for a, mm-hmm. for a yeah for a common user it's just overwhelming yeah, yeah absolutely and that's really what you know i'm passionate about and in, in you know why we're doing what we're doing is that we understood that years ago that the pace of change that was happening we need to become proactive and we need to get better at leveraging human science to proactively move into the future and master that change so that we're not disrupting our teams and our end users and everybody else because when you put the human psyche into or the, the human technology would I like to say into that fight or flight response it is scientifically proven that they're it's not going to benefit them they're going to be less productive they're going to be less satisfied they're going to be less happy in a sense and they're going to have less abilities if they stay in that that flight or, or flight uh existence of fear and overwhelm right we need to understand how to proactively protect from that and and kind of focus on what's important and you know push the noise aside so to speak so you know persona you know we are coming up on time and you know it, it was is really great talking with you i appreciate you joining and sharing some of these insights can you share you know with us maybe something that really drives your passion for this industry and and, and what kind of projects energize you most sure um i think for me it's all about who my end user is it could be a customer it could be an agency owner it could be a broker it could be who my end user is and being able to uh, sit down with them and understand their needs uh, and building solutions that are meaningful to them is kind of critical for me that's kind of where my passion is i i don't really develop because i'm not a development uh, if you ask me to develop i'm not going to be good at it but if you ask me to translate design and transform and and make it meaningful to the developer i can, that's what i i like to do right i try to take the complexity out of things and simplify it be it in my uh, projects that i that i have be it in my interactions with my team or providing providing solutions also right uh, that's where the simplicity comes in i think sometimes less is more right giving giving simplified solutions that are meaningful uh, that's where i take the energy and and make sure that i my solutions are long term and being able to deliver that is kind of very uh, important for me um have had the opportunity be, to be in this health insurance industry for uh, 20 plus years now so i've seen it go through a lot of that stuff right i've i've worked with the senior population i've worked with the younger generations i've worked with the uh, agency offices and knowing that each customer each each of them have their 
different needs and being able to talk their language being able to make sure to build that trust i think is kind of the key so that's how i look at it and that's where my passion is that human interactions and and building that trust is very uh, important for me and at the end of the day it's about waking up in the morning and feeling uh, energized to do what you do and and being happy about it so being satisfied about it uh, that's more critical to have to have a healthy lifestyle right uh, mentally healthy mental health is more way more important uh, than than just the physical health so balancing that mental health with the physical health and keeping satisfaction and and uh, uh, family care as a, uh, at the core is kind of critical for me yeah absolutely it sounds like we're very aligned there right as i've spent a lot of years of figuring out how can i align what i do for work with my purpose in life and that's really what you know tech human is about is it's it's a vehicle for me to serve my purpose and make that impact to help you know specifically technology teams which I've chosen that subsect of people but you know I'm also making impact on my team members on my family from all of the knowledge and the training that I've had but it's just really just a platform for me to to fulfill my what I believe is my life purpose so that when I show up to work it's fun it's not work it's like I'm getting energized as I'm doing this work and it's for me it's almost a challenge to shut it off it's like I have to like okay I need to stop working and now pay attention to this area of my life so to speak so I I, I understand you know the underlying meaning of what you're saying there and, and so it sounds like we're very similar there you, you obviously have an amazing level of experience and expertise in digital transformation you know having so much extensive experience working with great organizations in your career and, and you're obviously passionate about progress right as as am i you know as the landscape of healthcare evolves what what are the kinds of challenges or opportunities that you're you're really looking to tackle uh and you know i know you mentioned you want to make an impact on people but is there any more color you can help us understand about that just to add on and not repeat myself on on what i was saying right uh i'll close off i'll kind of say it at, at, at the closing comment on that one right um it's about enhancing people's lives right providing a peace of mind and and provide giving a, a be, being the trusted reliable partner in their healthcare journey i think that's kind of the key right um i think as industry leaders technology people uh we need to have a commitment to marry the innovation with humanity i think that's what i would look at up there uh bring a bring a happy mix of the innovation technology at the same time uh, humanity right uh, for the future uh, where uh, health insurance is just not just a service but it's a support system for everyone so that's what we are looking for we're not looking to just build a uh, service system but more of a support system i think that's what the people need and that's where we as uh, leaders need to take our teams and take our uh, business people along with us in providing those uh, simplified support system for uh, everyone yeah i love that i love that and you know it makes me think about uh, the the way that i like to shift mindsets in some scenarios is is if we we really have to kind of expand our awareness and figure out what is what is more meaningful and how can we make that impact moving forward at a at a deep rooted like level of what people need and how can we 
move forward in that way, leveraging these tools in a responsible manner to to bring that value, to make those improvements and really focus on the positivity. There's going to be negativity all around us, right? And But it's how can we make sure we're doing our best to drive that good, that force for good and leverage the tools at our disposal to make it happen. So yeah, it was great talking with you, uh, Prasanna. I'll have, uh, you know, one more request for you, but Listeners, be sure to check out his work and follow him on social media. Website links and social handles will be in the show description. You know, one last thing, Prasanna, is, is, you know, finally, you know, from our conversation or some of the topics that we covered in our conversation, what is one piece of actionable advice that you want the audience to walk away with? I think I want the audience to walk away with listen to your customers, right? Listening to their customers and making sure that you are doing the right thing for them uh, doesn't have to be uh, fashionable, doesn't have to be the flashy thing out there. Uh, keeping it simple, uh, meeting their needs, uh, and and understanding and building the trust with them is kind of key. So that's what I would ask you to do. It doesn't have to be in the health insurance industry. Anywhere you're, we are doing any kind of solutioning for our customers, making sure that we build their trust and simplicity uh, and do not overwhelm them with uh, too much information, right? That's where the key is. Yeah, absolutely. I love that. So again, thanks again, Prasanna. Listeners, don't forget to help your fellow tech humans share this podcast and follow me on LinkedIn at Javier Guerra 360. See you next time on the Tech Human Experience. The Tech Human Experience 